everyone. Welcome to the Glad to Podcast. I am Lauren Romo. And with me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Greetings. <laughs> I like that. I like that one. Salutations. <laughs> it came to me like in the shower. I was like, I'm going to say greetings this time. Greetings. 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 <laughs> uh, how you doing, Bill? Oh, man, I'm great. How about you? Yeah, well, uh, surviving. I know work for both of us has been pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, really busy. It's still PlayStation less. Yes, I am still PlayStation less, but we're going to rectify that soon, people. I am rectifying that situation hopefully soon. But obviously, you guys came uh, here to listen to us talk about Star Wars. So if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are a Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. We talk about it. Andrea, so we have two Mando episodes to react to. Dose. So uh, we're just going to dive into it, kids. Uh, The first one, obviously, is uh, what we're going to talk about is Chapter 14. Was I can't remember the title of it. Uh, the tragedy, or the tragedy, like, or oh, like yeah. I like to call it the Boba Fett episode. <laughs> the Boba Fett is that definitely was the Boba's episode. All right, so chapter fourteen, the tragedy. Uh, let's just dive into it. Uh, Andrea, quick reaction. What did you think of that episode overall? Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. It was absolutely great. Um, the direction was awesome. Robert Rodriguez is the man. Um, he does yes, really he good with action and things flying. Uh, uh, he does great with fight sequences. I mean, it was such a solid word of the season. Solid episode. Yeah, I 100% agree. I When I found out after the episode that it was directed by Robert Rodriguez, I was just like, my man, <laughs> my man did a great job in Star Wars, did a great episode. It was fantastic. Uh, he, I mean, I'm a huge fan of his. I, I'm assuming you probably are, too. I mean, he has wide range of many movies that he has done. And now he has done a Star Wars thing. And it was fantastic. It lived up to, I think, my expectations. Um, yeah, I love his range, you know, like yeah, from Bustle yeah. Dawn, Desperado, and then you even have Spy Kids, Sharp yep. Boy and Lava Girl. I mean, random, man. So <laughs> yeah. great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, his range is great. And like I said, it fits Star Wars. It totally fits Star Wars. So, um, but let's, let's talk about this episode. So, obviously, we go to the planet Obviously, the, well, let's let's kind of small recap. So chapter 13, we meet Ahsoka Tano. She tells Din that he, he needs to take Grogu to a planet called Ty... What was it, Andrea? Tython. Tython. Thank you. Think of like... Well, the planet Tython. I, no, Python. 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 Yeah. Python. 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 So she tells him to go to the planet Tython. And there is a very old Jedi temple there in... There is a scene stone that she needs to put Grogu on and let Grogu decide his own path. So that is what happens in Chapter 14, The Tragedy. We start right there. Din goes to Tython and takes baby Grogu to the scene stone. Before all that, though, the very beginning of the show was fantastic. Uh, he kept saying his name and Din like, kind of giggled. It was great. It was such a great father-son thing. Um, so... 
before. So I just want to say the very beginning, I, I loved it. It showed like character growth for Din, which we get a ton of in the next episode too, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But so we get to Tython. We, he puts Grogu on the scene stone. Um, Grogu all of a sudden kind of touches a stone. And then you see like this kind of blue, blue light. All, all of a sudden erupt and Grogu you see in a very like meditation state with his hands up uh, is obviously meditating through the force. So Din is trying to kind of keep him safe. Uh, then all of a sudden we see a shot and he, we hear a ship coming and it was Slave One. Dude. And that was fantastic. I, I, I kind of did flip out when I saw that. What about you? I did too, but I immediately thought, really, Gideon got boba to track him that's the first thing i thought because we knew gideon was tracking the razor crust so i immediately thought i can't believe he got boba to do it seems super odd but you find out it wasn't he was just tracking him on his own so anyway but it was dope i was excited yeah it was you know i didn't even think about that That that's very interesting i honestly when i saw that when i saw slave one i just figured he was after mando for for the armor that was i guess that's just where my head was um, but that's that's a kind of interesting thought. If he would have got Boba, that would have been. Would, I, I would have. It would have been yeah. really kind of traditional, though. The Empire hiring out Boba Fett to go seek out yep. what they yep. wanted. So that's why I was kind of like, for a split second, bummed. Like, if that's the way it's gonna fold out, like I don't know how I or unfold. I don't even right. know how to speak anymore. <laughs> I've worked for sixteen days straight. I don't know how to speak. What is time? What is language? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we find out that Boba Fett uh, was tracking Mandalorian basically from episode uh, episode one of the season, chapter nine. He was tracking Mando to get his armor back. Yes. So there's a small confrontation between Din and Boba. Boba says, I'm here for the armor. Uh, Obviously, Din in his very, you know, I'm a true Mandalorian way says, you know, you don't, you know, that's not your armor belongs to a Mandalorian. He asked him if he took the creed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So then we, he says that he has a sharpshooter with him that has like, it's focus on the baby. And obviously we find out it is Finnick, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, A great call from season one. Glad that she is back. Um, very, very cool. We find out in the episode that obviously Boba Fett saved her and like used, made her the, where she got wounded is now robotic, which is kind of cool and very interesting. Yeah. I love that she's back. She's such a good addition for like side characters. I love Ming-Na Wen. I think she's a great actress. Um, just like the original Mulan. Yep. Just perfect execution um and it was i'm so happy that she's back and i'm so happy that we got to see her in the next episode as well so yeah 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 so so we have so we have this confrontation between fennec boba and din and then obviously grogu is still meditating through the force on the scene stone and then all of a sudden you see transports coming and it's the um it's it's stormtroopers they obviously tracked uh Din to uh, Tython. So they obviously start attacking. um, And this is where I think Boba Fett fans have been waiting for is seeing Boba kick some major you-know-what. 
And it was cool. I will say, and I've been, you can check the receipts, kids. I have not been the biggest Boba Fett fan. I, I just wasn't. And I, I'm not going to say I, that I'm like a huge fan now, but my interest in this character has significantly increased. His because his cred of this went episode. up. Yes. You know, his cred, his cred did go up. Right. Because obviously a lot of people have, have been praising that this guy is a very, you know, kick-ass character because of legends and stuff, which I haven't read, which is, that's fine. And that's great. And I'm, I'm glad that they finally brought that into canon and into what people have always thought this character was. Agreed. Was a kick-ass, you know, bounty hunter. And he showed it. He kicked major butt. He kicked, you know, just seeing uh, Tamora Morrison, you know, just kick major butt. It, it was cool. It was, I, 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 I was... Again, my interest has increased with this character now. And obviously, we're going to talk about a little more development that happened later on in the episode. So, yeah, it was good stuff. And then, obviously, we see Fennec kicking some butt, too. It was just a great, this action sequence between uh, Din, Fennec, and Boba versus Stormtroopers was fantastic. Uh, Any any other thoughts you want to say on that kind of, like, that whole sequence that that happened? I mean, the first sequence where he was just as... Boba without the Boba gear and he was fighting right. with the staff and you could see his face. Yeah, Tamora Morrison's performance was amazing. Just showing yep. aggression yep. and anger and determination and you could see like the strength that he had. I mean, I, I never would have thought Boba Fett would have been able to fight like that. I always nope. would have just assumed nope. he was you know, like an explosives and uh, ammunition, you know, blasters, bombs, detonators stuff like that i never thought that you would see him that athletic so like street fight yeah right right dude right. it was dope and then when he puts the armor on bah! that was even better <laughs> yeah so there was that one shot where he takes out a stormtrooper and then he sees the razor crest and obviously the doors open because obviously he didn't ever locks anything up so he just goes to the razor he crest. <laughs> so he goes to the razor crest clearly and he gets the armor because at another point, obviously, uh, later on, um, we kind of move forward a little bit. We see Fennec um, kind of in a standoff with Din against some stormtroopers. They're kind of getting closed in. All of a sudden, you you hear that theme of Boba now, which is really great. Nope. I mean, Ludwig, hats nope. off. He's a mad genius, dude. That guy is so good. That he is noise. so good. That, yeah. that sound is perfect. Yeah, it, it's a perfect theme for that character. 100%. So you hear that theme, you see Boba, and he's in his armor, and he just starts, again, kicking major butt. He has knee rockets shooting off. You know, the stormtroopers all of a sudden are, start, are are starting to retreat. He goes after them. He shoots the rocket from his jetpack and destroys both transports that came down to uh, obviously get them. Yeah, It was just great. It was great action. But obviously, behind the scenes, when they're since they're fighting these stormtroopers, Moff Gideon is obviously there on the planet as well in the atmosphere, and he sends the dark troopers, yeah, which were again fantastic additions to canon. Now, obviously, they have been in EU for a while. I know a lot of EU fans were super pumped when in episode I believe twelve, when we got that little hint of them, people were freaking out. And I'm glad that, you know, this, again, I'm glad the show is bringing a lot of this EU material for a lot of these fans that have been screaming. There's good, there's content in 
the EU that can be pulled and used. And they're doing it, and they're doing it very well in this show. So the Dark Troopers was one thing, and you see them flying. I mean, again, talk about Iron Man, John Favreau, <laughs> all day. It looked great. I mean, again, it yeah, not, worked, worked really, really well. Not only that, but I'm glad that it was a Robert Rodriguez episode that introduced the Dark Troopers in motion because yeah, too, just the, the close-up and the look of them flying was like I think like a signature like I don't know execution of his you know it was very five yeah. kids it was very you know um a little bit shark boy and love the girl but mostly spy kids it was super just right up his alley I loved it I thought it was great that they got introduced with him I think it was perfect yeah yeah no 100% so the dark troopers um land at the scene stone where Grogu has uh finished going through his kind of force vision. Uh, I guess it's kind of what I'm calling it, force force talk. If he did talk to somebody on the other end, we don't know that yet. Hopefully we'll find that find that out um, soon. But, uh, and obviously because of what he's doing, he was, the baby was tired. Grogu was tired. So the dark troopers were able to take him and send and go back to Gideon's uh, star destroyer, star ship, whatever. And I'm not sure what model uh, he has so it's again, I'm terrible. Light ship. Cruiser is that what it was? A light cruiser? Well, oh, I yeah, think they, it's just like it's a type of light cruiser. It's not yeah. star destroyer. It's not transport cruiser. It's a, yeah, it's a light cruiser. That makes sense. No, that makes sense. That's good. I'm not. I'm terrible with ship names, so <laughs> I'm okay with that. So the so the dark troopers take uh, Grogu back to Gideon's ship, and what we find out as well is that they uh, blew up the Razor Crest. So Dindajarin is without Grogu, without his ship. Uh, the only thing he was able to salvage from the um, ship wreckage was the Buskar spear, and which was a really nice touch, was the little ball that baby Grogu loves to play with, the little yeah. silver uh, ball from the ship. So, I mean, a lot of stuff happened in this episode, a lot of great moments with Boba Fett, with Fennec, um, obviously they tell Din too that they are going to help him get the baby since he gave since Din kind of gave or since Boba got his armor back Boba said that they and Fennec are in his debt they will help him get the child back and then that then the debt will be uh, paid off but we also find out and this is where I think my canon kind of junky self was kind of excited so what we find out is that Again, what they did in this in this scene where Boba brings up the coating of his armor, he shows that it was Django Fats. And that obviously Django, what we find out now is Django was part of the Mandalorian foul he was a foundling. Yeah. So he did grow up very similar to Din in a way. Um now there was on on Twitter. I you see people were able to um, decipher the uh, the message on uh, that was displayed. A couple things that came out was that obviously it said Jangle Fat. It said Boba's name. It said Concord Dawn, and obviously it said Foundling. So again, this was we talked about this a few like um, after episode. One of the season, chapter nine, we talked about what could be. And we did bring up this idea of Django being part of a foundling or uh, part of the creed. So that's why his armor, you know, that's how he got his Mandalorian armor. 
So, which is very cool and very, I love how they did this because again, I know a lot of people are going to the Clone Wars into that episode where all Mac said that uh, Jango wasn't a true Mandalorian and all that. Yeah. Which it, it, it kind of makes sense in a way because obviously that Mandalorian way might not see foundlings or see like the uh, the child of the watch like Din is as true Mandalorian since they weren't born on Mandalore. So, I mean, just again, canon information. And I feel like they did that for the hardcore fans. Like, you didn't really need that scene. You know, Boa didn't have to explain, yeah, this is actually my, you know, my armor. Like, you didn't have to do that. But I, I feel like they did it for us canon fans and for us hardcore fans to show that, you know, this is how, you know, this is, you know, Django got his, got the armor because he was part of the Creed. Again, I, I love it. I love it. I love it a lot. What did you think of that whole information drop? Yeah, I thought that was awesome that his chain code was embedded into the armor and that it gave proof that um, it belonged to him because it did. I think it's so funny that's how we speculated it. And then we kind of questioned ourselves, like maybe we were wrong because of that Almec thing. But um, I mean, we really did call it. I mean, he had to have gotten his his Mandalorian armor from somewhere. So um, right, cause it fit him too well. Right. Exactly. And, and that's and they, what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So right. and, and with Cobb Van too, they kind of really made that a point of like showing how, you know, a Mandalorian like Din or now Boba, how, how it fits them better than somebody that found it, like Cobb Vanth or got it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it, it's very interesting. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was funny to me how where he was like okay cool you can have your armor and he was like all right so we're squared away and he was like no not really we have to help you get the child back so which i had to watch that episode a couple times to hear that moment where he said once my armor is returned to me i can ensure the safety of the child he said it when fennec was up on the ridge Mm -hmm. and you know so that agreement happened like in that moment and i you know I said before, when Boba Fett comes back, I hope he stays a villain. You know, I hope he stays a bad guy, a scoundrel, you know, dirty, you know, a savage just wants to blow things away and, you know, let nothing get in his way and all that stuff. It does seem like maybe he's turned a new leaf and um, he's going to kind of follow some kind of like morals and code to living. Yeah, right, right, right. which is cool. Um, I could take that. As long as they keep him in the, the badass fighting, um, you know, arena that he's in right now. That fight Agreed. scene with Agreed. him in that Boba Fett armor was amazing. The slow motion with like the sped up action, um, just the aggression of how he would shoot his blaster. Uh, it was just so freaking awesome. They made him so like menacing and like powerful. It was absolutely great. The more I watched it, the better it got. Honestly, like it just made me realize that this is the Boba Fett that we all expected to see in the, you know, in the original trilogies. It doesn't mean that we deserved to get it in the original trilogies. It just means that it needed to come to light eventually, which it did. So this is great that it came out this way and that it was executed with people that are fans of this character and wanted to display what he really is about. So it was absolutely awesome. Same with Fennec. 
that turnaround shot was dope, dude. Oh, it was, was a great so shot. freaking Such cool. a great shot. And again, I mean, maybe we can get a little bit into this when we talk about the next episode and the future of Star Wars, but if the future of Star Wars has Fennec Shand and Boba Fett and maybe a couple other people teamed up and working their way through the galaxy, I love it. I think it's going to be great. I would love that too. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. I would love a show of just Boba and Fennec and maybe some other people just going Car- around Car- the galaxy. Car- I'll, I'll skip that. Um, but Thanks, it would Mayfield. be. <laughs> I mean, hey, Mayfield be cool. I'm, yeah, I'm down with Mayfield. Mayfield be cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I you can't you can't say enough of how they what they did with this character in one episode. They completely again they turned my interest from like eh to like okay, he's cool, he's cool. I, it's again, I, I he's not my favorite character still. But you have made him into something more than just that background character from the original trilogies and the kid that we knew from Clone Wars. You you are pulling it together now, which I love. And I'm, like I said, there are tons of Boba Fett fans out there. And I am very happy that they are finally getting the Boba Fett that they have always known to be finally come up in live action and okay. in canon. So it's it's fantastic. So now the end of the episode, though, ends very, very, again, it's a tragedy. <laughs> so we see um, Moff Gideon go to the uh, the cell where they have baby, uh, baby Grogu. And he is <laughs> using the force and tossing these a couple, <laughs> tossing these couple <laughs> stormtroopers around like rag dolls. And then at one point he starts choking them. But again, he exerted too much energy, too much of the force. So he got tired and they, as he drops them and then Moff Gideon kind of teases them with the dark saber a little bit. And then you can kind of, you can tell that Grogu was trying to use the force, but he didn't have just enough of it to like maybe take the dark saber away from him. So Gideon wasn't able, you know, Gideon was able to hold on to it. And then obviously what happens in the end is that they um, stun him and they put, they put little mini cuffs around uh, mini baby shackles. Grogu. Yeah, I mean, mini shackles. Mini shackles laying around. Uh, well, they apparently, apparently he did. So, Freaks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, it, so baby Grogu is captured uh, at the end of this episode, uh, and that is where. Well, no. So before the very very end is that Din goes back to Navarro, talks to Cara Dune. And asked where um, the guy from, as we said before, um, Mayfield from episode six of last season, where he is because he didn't know he's ex-Imperial. He can probably get into the Imperial system and see and find where Moff Gideon's light, uh, light cruiser is. So that's where the episode ends of chapter 14, The Tragedy. Uh, before we move on, Andrea, any last thoughts on this episode at all? Grogu having a little bit of anger and aggression. And, um, it looked like Moff Gideon kind of enjoyed that as well to see him. um, Yeah. Having anger and using his powers in that way. Um, I did find it really interesting that Moff Gideon said that you've gotten really good at that. Like he's, he has seen like the, um, 
the progression of Grogu's yeah, force that, powers. It's that interesting. interesting line. Interesting so, line. Yep. Yep. What? Where? What? Where? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, you know, the one thing that hit me the hardest in that episode and I'm that like kind of popped in my head for days was that the Razor Crest was destroyed. I mean, it was a right. good freaking ship. Yeah, it was, it was. Good good ship. ship. It was pre-Empire. It didn't have that tracking crap on it. It did a lot of cool things. It was really getting beat to hell. It would have been really nice to see it put back together. And that that was just something that didn't always had. I was really, I am really bummed that the Razor Crest is destroyed. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Because I obviously, in my opinion, he'll get a, a, a ship back. Now, whether that's maybe another Razor Crest type of ship, we'll find out. Uh, maybe, because... Well, and we'll maybe we'll dive into this after we talk to the next book uh, and kind of talk about our thoughts of, of the finale. But I do feel that Din will get another ship now, whether it's another Razorcrest or maybe something different. I guess we'll wait and see, but he'll definitely get another ship. And I know a lot of people think that he'll get Slave One. That's not happening. Boba is not <laughs> yeah, giving no. up that ship. Yeah, no, 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 you no. We're not giving up that ship. You know what's funny? My Star Wars Advent Calendar. Uh, like the day after oh, that episode that. aired, I, like the day after the episode aired, the Razor Crest was what you had to build, and I was like, oh, "Why really? should I build it? Because <laughs> maybe I should just leave it in pieces right here." I asked for that Lego set of the Razor Crest <laughs> for Christmas, so I mean, I could just put it, just lay it out uh, with pieces around it, and I'd be like, "There it is, Razor Crest built, <laughs> done." <laughs> check it off check it Homage off to chapter 14 <laughs> yeah r.i.p race crest too soon too soon all right uh but yeah no that's a very interesting line to go back to what gideon said about you know you're getting good at that so clearly he knows and has seen grogu use his force abilities and that it makes so, him oh so sleepy yep so it's gonna be interesting to see what that turns into or what we find out because obviously we know from the episode 13 that Ahsoka tells Din that Grogu, you know, was on Coruscant uh, when Order 66 happened is he was hidden. So my thought is that obviously he was hidden maybe by other Jedi or maybe a lot of people think maybe Cat Bane helped out with hiding uh, Grogu. But at some point, Moff Gideon got Grogu and then someone stole it from Moff Gideon. That I mean, because it, it makes sense that that's why, obviously in season one, that is why the client wanted Din to find the child is because Moff Gideon, you know, told the client that he wants, to try, that he wants Grogu back. So at some point, someone stole him from Moff Gideon. So that's, uh, that's stuff that I want to know and hopefully we'll get answers maybe next season of what kind of happened there and who took it from Moff Gideon and, you know, all kind of that whole like backstory. That fascinates me for sure. So great episode. A lot of, again, information drop galore in this episode. Um, it was fantastic. So I was also, yeah, I was also really excited that at the end of episode 13, Ahsoka said she they had to go to Tython and then in episode 14, they went to Tython. There's yeah. so many times they right. say they have to go places and then you're not there for like another couple episodes. It kind of boggled my mind that they went right from 
you know, being on Corvus and then heading right to Tython. That was kind of cool. It was yeah, just like... No- yeah, no, I like that too. Because then we kind of we got right into obviously what we're going to get into this next episode yeah. leads into a great finale. So, chapter fifteen, the believer uh, starts off as Cardoon gets Mayfield in to join their cause. Um, he is on. I don't know if they set a planet of where he was, but he is looks like they're doing some scrapping he's like in a scrapyard yeah and he gets told that he is being released to marshall dune and dune marshall dune and he (laughs) follows her kind of reluctantly asking you know what do you want so then she takes him and we see boba fett and fennec outside of slave one boba fett with a new paint job yes yeah sparkling he was sparkling for sure he looked crisp yeah, it was crisp and fresh for sure. So he kind of pauses, Mayfield pauses, and he's like, Oh, I thought you were the other guy. And then all of a sudden, Mando walks down. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. I love that. Yeah, that was a good part. So obviously, what they tell Mayfield is that, you know, the child is taken and they need to know and locate Gideon's ship. And he knows that since he's ex Imperial, he knows codes and everything. But he tells him that he can do it, but he needs to be at a, um, I say, I'm going to call it a kiosk, but it's not a kiosk. It was a, like, uh, terminal. imperial terminal. Thank you. And he knows one that is on Mora, which we find out is a hidden refinery uh, facility that the, that the imperial, that some imperials have, and they are exploiting Rhydonium. Uh, which is highly volatile, highly explosive. So what the plan is, is they're going to get on a uh, transport truck that is hauling the Rhydonium, and they're going to go into the facility and uh, get the information uh, with Mayfield and Din getting into the transport. That was kind of a cool part, too, because Mayfield told them that it had to be someone who was clean because it was ran by former ISB. And if it detected yep. your signature, you would trip an alarm. So Mayfield wanted to go in by himself. Of course, they were like, you can't let this guy go in by himself. He'll, he'll def- defect or whatever. He'll he'll go. My yeah, favorite they were worried, part right? is when they said for Boba Fett to go and he says, I think they'll recognize my face. Holy crap. I mean, <laughs> it was a good line. It was such a good line because it was so treated like the face of the clone troopers. Like, of course, they would recognize this face. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah, that was that was a good touch by them. <laughs> so what happens, though, but kind of kind of taking what you're saying. So Din, obviously, we know Din Djarin is very, very about the I'm not taking my helmet off life. Because of his, you know, Mandalorian, how he was brought up, upbringing, you know, yeah, through the through the um, children of the Watch. So he decides that he's going to be the one to go with Mayfield. So what they do is obviously they uh, Mayfield, Din, and Kara uh, get onto the transport truck and take out the two stormtroopers that are driving it, and Mayfield and Din suit up in the stormtrooper outfits now. Interesting, again, that Din went and kind of changed without being seen. And obviously, he comes back with the helmet on already. So, again, he's trying to not show his face. This is, you know, again, he's been talking about that from season one, that, you know, nobody is supposed to see his face. 
obviously we know in season one with IG uh, 11 and him being a droid, you know, didn't kind of let that slide and felt okay. So he is in the stormtrooper outfit. They're driving the transport truck. And what happens is that pirates are trying to blow up the Rhydonium. Uh, so Din gets on top of the transport truck and, and fights them off, which I love. There's a moment where Din is fighting. He obviously his gun, his blaster stopped. Yeah, it was so, an Imperial blaster. And as we yeah. know, those are junk. <laughs> Very junk. So he's fighting these pirates, uh, uh, the pirates off. And for one, for a quick second, I was like, man, we might get Hondo and that'd be great. That was my first thought. <laughs> Dope. Oh, God, I would have loved it. But we didn't. So it's pirates, but very similar to his, I think, his species and familiar ones that we have seen in Clone Wars. Yeah, the so, weak way. Yeah, the weak way. Like a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So what we find out or what happens. So Din's in the stormtrooper outfit. He's trying to fight these guys like he has Beskar and like blocks and block and block things that he knows won't like get damaged by Beskar. But then his shoulder like armor gets broken and then like his hand gets like messed, you know, gets hit and messed up. So now he's kind of got to change his fighting style, which was great to see Din kind of fight hand to hand. That was really cool. And you can kind of see where maybe he learned that from, you know, being a child to watch and being brought up uh, through the through Mandalorians. So in the end, they they get to the facility with a little help from some from, from some Thai fighters that assisted them to get into the facility. Mayfield and Din are in the facility. Mayfield was going to go into the officer's mess hall where the terminal was. But then he recognized one of the officers in there as someone that he was under and he didn't want to get recognized. Yeah, Valen Hess. Valen Hess. So what he tells Din is that obviously the terminal you it has to be face recognized. Like you can't not get facial recognition and it's going not work. So Din says, give it to me, I'll I'll do it. So Din goes to the terminal, doesn't take his helmet off at first. It gets scanned and then obviously alarm goes off. So Din has no choice. And he has to take his helmet off. And we see that sweet, sweet face of Pedro Pascal. And then the terminal scans his face. Uh, everything goes okay. He puts the data stick in and gets the information. But the officer that was eyeing Mayfield starts heading towards Din and starts asking him questions like, what's, you know, what's your number? What's, you know, what's your ID number? All that. Din has no idea how to answer these questions. So, you know, Mayfield kind of comes to his aid. And starts telling the officer like they are, you know, TK one one seven, TK whatever, and then they he tells them that Din's name is, you know, they call him Brown Eyes, uh, and all this stuff. So the officer tells them that you know they are the only two uh, transporters that got their Rhydonium shipment, you know, into the facility. So he wants to have a drink with them. The officer uh, starts talking about um, the order the order uh project cinder because mayfield brought it up and you can kind of tell this is where i gotta give credit to bill burr he did a great job acting Agreed. through this whole scene of yeah. uh, the officer talking about you know uh, operation cinder where him and mayfield were mayfield you can tell how much it affected him and why maybe he is ex-imperial now so what he does is he shoots the officer 
and then he kind of looks at Din again. Din without a helmet, kind of shockingly looks at uh, Mayfield like, "What are you doing?" And so then they start firing uh, and shooting everybody that's in the mess hall right now. And then once that's cleared, you know, Mayfield says here, he, he gives the helmet to Din. He's like, I never saw your face. So he's trying to honor his, you know, Din's wishes. And so Din puts a stormtrooper helmet back on. They start um, scaling the outside of the building to get up top to the roof because that's where Boba Fett was going to pick them up. You had Fennec and Kara, like, on a hill, sniping people. Great action scenes, great stuff in this whole sequence. Uh, so they get to the rooftop. They jump onto Boba's uh, ship. Uh, Mayfield takes a rifle and hits a, a crate of Rhydonium that's on top of the, the facility. Facility blows up. So they're on, uh, they're on Slave 1, and obviously you hear TIE fighters coming after them. And Boba says, hang on. So he's flying, and all of a sudden... You get that sweet shot of the back of the slave uh, one open. You see that seismic charge drop. And you hear that beautiful sound of the seismic charge go off. Uh, So reminiscent, obviously, of Attack of the Clones. It was fantastic. They take out the TIE Fighters. Uh, They uh, meet up with Fennec and Kara. Kara decides to let Mayfield go. Uh, so he is on Morak now, kind of, you know, he's free because what Kara said is that it's a shame that, you know, he died in this explosion. So that's what she was going to uh, report. So then we get to the very last scene of this episode, which is fantastic. We get Moff Gideon looking at a message from Din and Din is repeating back what he said to uh, Din and... Uh, yeah. Karga and Dune at the end of uh, season one. So good. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it was it line was so for line. Good. It was perfect. Uh, obviously telling him that he doesn't know how much he means to him. He doesn't understand what he's in possession of. Yeah. And that he's basically going to get him back. So yeah, it was a warning. It was fantastic. I mean, it was a great, great, you know, choice of mirroring those two um, speeches uh, with those two characters now. And that's how episode 15 ends. So now we are in the finale next week. Whew, a lot of speculation. Um, first of all, the director, Rick Famaway, again, nailed it, killed it in this episode. He did a great job last season in his episodes. He did a fantastic job in this episode. And he wrote this great one, stuff. too. It said it was written yes. by him. Yeah, so that was it was fantastic. That he was did great. a great job, great job, great job. So... Uh, Andrea, thoughts on the, on this episode, and then we'll dive into uh, kind of our thoughts maybe into the finale. I have a couple of quick thoughts. So the whole like them driving through the city, um, Mayfield having the conversation of how the Empire, the New Republic, it's no different. Everything mm. is the same. Yep. How can you even say that the Empire was at fault considering like what the New Republic is doing right now? Anywhere in the galaxy, someone is ruling, someone is being ruled. So you can kind of see what his mindset is going into that mining operation that he's not necessarily imperial still, but he's not a believer that the Empire was wrong just yet. I think that's kind of like why the episode was called The Believer is kind of his his Mm -hmm. change of mindset Mm -hmm. to the Mm -hmm. end. So I thought that that was great. That was kind of like the moment leading up to, you know how you're seeing a lot of people in the empire right now 
Is the New Republic really doing a good job? Are they any different from the Empire? Everything's in disarray right now. Doesn't matter who's in control. Life still sucks for a lot of people. So um, really interesting. I loved the fight on the transport. It was very Indiana Jones. It yes, was also yes. very um, like Old West train robbery where they're getting on top of the train and jumping on. and uh, Very you know, solo-esque with the train. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I really liked all of that as well. Now, the scene with Valen Hess and Mayfield and Din was just three people that are amazing at their craft, just, you know, nailing it. So Valen Hess is played by Richard Brake, who some people might know. He played Joe Chill in Batman. He was the guy that killed, um, in Batman Begins, he was the guy that killed the Waynes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I didn't know this, he actually played the first Night King. So you remember in Game of Thrones, there was an original Night King in the beginning, and then towards the end, they changed it to that Vladimir guy? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the guy that played it first was Richard Brake, that guy that was Valen Hess. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. So um, he was just amazing. He was so imperial. He was, the, the way he spoke, um, his pronunciation, the vocabulary that he used, the, the way he was clean shaven. For the empire, yeah. yeah he yeah. was so empire. He was so imperial. It was great. I hated him. I, I was like, this guy is slime. It was such a good portrayal of an imperial character. It was great. It's too bad he's dead. I would have liked to see him as a villain in later Star Wars films. Uh, man, Bill Burr. I don't like the guy. I'm going to be honest. I, I just, I'm yeah. not a fan. I get you. Yeah. So, but his performance in that scene and pretty much in a lot of the scenes, him like kind of razzing Cara Dune, that was fun. I liked it. It was, you know, he was really good as what he is supposed to be, this kind of aloof character who doesn't really have ties to anything, um, but clearly has an opinion on what he feels is right and wrong. And has morals, obviously, because of yeah. what he, you know, yeah. yeah. So I... Yeah. And then Din just or and Pedro Pascal without the helmet on and feeling completely uncomfortable. Oh you my know, god, that was so just good. Just the discomfort he was showing, it was absolutely great. It was such a good scene. So uh, you know, Rick Famoway just knocked it out of the park with the writing, the directing, um, you know, him being able to um have faith in the the actors that he has and all that stuff. It was it was a really again, solid episode. And then yeah. again, at the end, you know, Miggs Mayfield comes around. He's he used to be an Imperial sharpshooter. He shoots out the facility. Cara Dune sees it. Um, he says, we all have to sleep at night. You know, I think that's kind of where the title of the believer came around that the Empire really wasn't what he thought they were. They're not the same as the New Republic um, because he knows that they're just going to continue to create destruction and havoc and death wherever they go, no matter what. It's not rule. It's not order. It's um, it's tragedy. So it was a really good episode. I I enjoyed it. I loved seeing again. We talked about this a little bit earlier. I liked seeing Fennec, Boba, Din, Kara, Mayfield. I liked seeing them together as a crew. I know they're the whole New Republic Rangers show. We're not getting too much information on it, but I get a feeling it might be something like that, like a crew, a mismatched crew, almost like a suicide squad. That's going to be working for the New Republic, maybe like a Bad Batch, stuff like that. Could I see them as being the New Republic Rangers? Yes. Would I want to watch that? Absolutely. 
So um, I really liked if that's where it's going. The foreshadowing to that in that episode was pretty sweet. Yeah, I I agree. Um, What Bill Burr did in this episode was great. I mean, obviously... He gave that that the performance of between him and uh, Hess and Din was great. You did. Yeah. I mean, Rick did a great job with kind of pulling what he needed from those guys. But Pedro Pascal, you can't I can't talk about enough about this guy. When he took that helmet off when he was at the terminal, the look of kind of that sheer terror and like just wow, I, this is super uncomfortable, but he did it because he knew what he had to do. Like he knew that without him doing that, Grogu was gone and he was never, and that's what he even told Mayfield is like, I will never, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose the kid forever if we don't get this information. So he did it. He sacrificed what he has always known to get this child back and to protect the child. So it was great stuff. And then him trying to talk to the officer and just fumble around like because he does he has no idea. And then at one point, Mayfield said, like, yes, sir. And then he kind of said, yes, sir. Like he was trying to follow Mayfield's kind of lead. It was just so good. And then just again, the nonverbal facial expressions that Pedro did. And you can tell, like you're saying, he he portrayed that uncomfortability of not having that helmet on so well. And it was fantastic fantastic so it's gonna be interesting to see what that does for din moving forward is he gonna be okay with taking it off now or was this just a one time like hey i'm doing this to save grogu but i'm still you know want to wear the helmet and mask all the time again this is this to me this episode again good action everything but it was huge huge character growth for din and obviously for Bill Burr's character, for sure, but especially for Din, because he finally took the helmet off it, without kind of worrying that people were going to see him because he knew what he had to do. You know, it was oh, it was so good. It was so good. So who the finale is coming? Um, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, what, let, let's talk about that. So we know that Din can is tracking the the ship of Gideon's. We know he has Fennec. We know he has uh, Boba Fett. That's Do the other thing I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. The inside mm-hmm. of Slave One was dope. Like, oh, how yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. crap, it was so cool. <laughs> yeah, that was a great. That was a great touch. Yeah, kind of because the only time, the only other time we've seen it is in is the Attack of the Clones. Yeah. yeah, and we don't see the. That's that's the only part of the ship we see. Yeah, yeah. Very cool inside. Yeah, they made that very very cool as well. But so the finale, I mean, obviously he has, like I said, he has Fennec, he has Boba with him. Does he get, uh, does he go get Cobb Vance for some reason? I think maybe. I think the bigger thing that I'm hoping for is that he gets Bo-Katan because he knows the importance. He knows the importance of the Darksaber. Bo-Katan is looking for him. I believe, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm replaying that episode in my head. You know, I think he knows that she is trying to, you know, help Mandalores and everything like that. So it it would make sense that either he reaches out or somehow Bo-Katan shows up in this finale. I think that that it makes complete sense to me. Do I hope he he brings in Cobb Vanth? I do. I don't think he will, but I hope he does because I think that crew would be sweet of Fennec, Cobb, Bo, and uh, Boba Fett. That'd be awesome. That's a crew right there that could wreck some havoc. So I'm excited to see where this finale goes. 
I, you know, I, I hope he gets the child back, but maybe he does. Maybe that's what season three. I don't know. I mean, we don't really don't know what season three is going to be like until we obviously see this finale. But man, is you know, do do we think he gets Grogu or not? What do you think? Um, I think he gets Grogu. I would li- also like to see Bo-Katan uh, with an assist on all of this. But Bo-Katan's goal is to get the dark saber. So I Very think... True. Maybe they get Grogu and then it's then translates into a bigger battle of destroying the Empire that's trying to happen and getting the Darksaber later on in season three. You know, the other thing that, that I found sense. really suspicious, we didn't bring this up when Mayfield and Din were having that conversation in the transport and he said, if you're from Mandalore, you believe one thing. If you're from Alder- Alderaan, you b- believe another but the funny thing is, he says, neither of those exist anymore. So what? Mandalore doesn't exist anymore? I'm wondering if he meant like Mandalorians as a whole. Like, I, I yeah, it's an interesting take. I don't, obviously we know Alderaan doesn't exist. We know through Rebels that Mandalore is still there right before, obviously, the events of A New Hope. So obviously, yeah, we don't know in between you know, the new hope till now, we don't really know what's going on in Mandalore. But I get the sense because of the previous episode with Bo-Katan that obviously Mandalore is still around, but I think it's obviously under Empire, Imperial. Mandalore. Yeah, Yeah, right. I think maybe that's what he he meant. But interesting though, it was a very interesting line. So yeah, I, oh man, I, 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 yeah, I think they'll get Grogu back, but it's gonna, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because you know, will will a Jedi answer Grogu's call? We don't know what Grogu went through when he was on the scene stone. You know, obviously there there's a there's a really great shots of him meditating and all that stuff. So we don't know. Was he talking to somebody? Was he just was he just reaching out to the force? Nobody answered. We don't know. So there's a ton of questions that we still don't know and we can speculate on as if some another Jedi shows up and answers the call and helps them. I do have a theory or not a theory, but I do have like an idea of maybe those two obviously X-Wing pilots that's been following Din around will show up in this last episode to help out a little bit as well. Yeah. I also think Carson might be a new Republic Ranger. That was my other person I was throwing in the crew. Could be the guy, the actor that's played him on Twitter hasn't confirmed anything. He just says as of right now, no, he's not, but you never know. I mean, you never know because we really don't know a lot of information on all that stuff. Which again, I yeah, guys, we know there there's a huge information Star Wars news that dropped. We will get to that next week, um, promise. And then after that, we're gonna talk finale of Mando and maybe what we predict for season three and all that stuff, and maybe an overview of the of the of season two. But yeah, next week we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that news because there was a lot to talk about, a lot of future projects, a lot of information that dropped during that Disney uh, investors call. So yeah, we're uh, we're aware of it, kids. <laughs> we're aware of it. We're gonna talk about it because I know we're both pretty excited with a lot, if not all, those projects that got uh, that got announced. So. But yeah, heading into the finale of Mandalorian season two, I- I'm excited. I mean, I I think it's going to be a wild ride. We know it's Favreau uh, directing this as well, so I expect a lot of action. I expect um, I do expect you know Grogu to get back to Din. I hope, 
Um, now, obviously, there was previously uh, Giancarlo Esposito has said in interviews that he, you know, that he was able to use the light, the dark saber in this season. We haven't seen that yet. Do we see it next episode? I think yes. Yeah. Uh, will he fight somebody with another lightsaber? Maybe Ahsoka shows up. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know these things. And this is what is exciting. So, yeah, it really is. Oh, it's a lot. I mean, this show has been really, really good this season. Um, I think it's the buildup has been pretty good. Uh, so this finale, I'm hoping it's like an hour long, but I doubt it. I'm hoping at least it's at least 40 to 50 minutes, but we'll see. But it's going to be a lot, uh, a lot of action, I feel. So I'm excited for this uh, finale. Any last thoughts on the finale or predictions? I I mean, what's really great is we're set up for a lot of different things to happen. Um, but it's not necessarily like some of those, you know, we're set up to see a Jedi, honest, obviously. We're set yeah. up to see a battle with the Darksaber, maybe even with the Beskar staff. Um, we're set up to see some sort of some sort of like job with with Fennec and, and Boba and maybe even Cara Dune helping um mm-hmm and get uh you know grogu back whether we get any of those things is like up in the air i mean honestly and that's what's cool about it because we have been so spoiled this season with um like being having information and speculation about what we would like and what we would see and getting completely fulfilled um by what they've given us so i don't have um, too many hopes and dreams and wants of what I'm going to see in the finale because I have like all the faith in the world that they um, got us covered. Absolutely. So I am bummed I have to work. <laughs> I'm bummed I'm going to be at work. Um, I'm hoping I can sneak a peek because uh, I just don't feel right until I watch the episode on Friday. Uh, man. I'm going to be sad that it's over because this season has been amazing. Really great. The, it's, the music, the directing, mm-hmm. the writing, the the way characters have been introduced, um, the development of all the characters, you know, the, the planets we've been to, the creatures that we've seen. It has been like, knock your socks off, Star Wars. I always get grouchy when people say that, the Mandalorian is bringing the Star War is bringing Star Wars back to life. I can't stand that because to us, Star Wars has never died. It's always been around. It has a very strong life outside of the Mandalorian. But this season of the Mandalorian is really showing the world what Star Wars is all about. It's great. Yeah, it's it's bringing in new fans too. Honestly, oh, yeah. I mean, Hands it's one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. They have done a really good job of bringing in characters that hardcore fans know. But bringing them into the show so then new fans can say, oh, man, what's who's that character? Who's that character? This is great. You know, so they're not they're not oversaturating it with a lot of, you know, you have to know these things to understand it. But they're putting it they're putting small things in there for hardcore fans like us, like all of our listeners see and enjoy, you know, like the seismic charge thing, the seismic charge. That was so sweet. That means nothing to probably to casual fans. That meant the world to, I think, all of our hardcore fans like us. Because it was great. It was great. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, this is, 
it's going to be interesting. You know, I think like you're saying the best car spear will come into play and we know obviously Din threw one of the pieces of the pirates thing was like a spear S and he threw it at one when he was trying to um, fight him off. Yeah. So like, I kind of like, eh, so he's kind of, he knows what to do with it. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, like you're saying that fight, I can see a fight between Din and Gideon lights, you know, the dark saber versus that uh, spear. I, it's going to be great. It's yeah. Let's go. Well, where's Friday already? Because I'm excited for I'm this ready. all right now. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I uh, final thought. Uh, final thoughts or anything uh, you want to bring up? No. Um. No. <laughs> Dude, I just can't. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. This finale is going to be, I think, mind blowing. So I'm. I'm. I'm pumped up for it. So. All right, guys, that is it. That is our recap of episode 14 or uh, chapter 14. Chapter 15 of The Mandalorian. Uh, like I said earlier, we will do that news. We know there's a ton of new Star Wars to look forward to, guys. We're going to dive deep into it. Hating Christensen. Yeah, we're yeah, we're going to talk about all of that. We know. We know. We will talk about that um, next week. And like I said, the following week, we'll do our finale slash kind of series uh, season recap of The Mandalorian. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. If you like this episode and enjoy uh, enjoyed it, you can follow uh, and listen to all of our episodes on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music. We're all over the place. So uh, follow, like us, subscribe, rate, review, do all the things you guys can to help us out. That'd be great. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Galactic Pod on Twitter. You can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Loronose on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2Step on Twitter. And as always, kids, may that force be with you. Always. Always. Always.